Has looking like Brian F. <laughs> oh, hold on, bro. How's your, you got a nice uh, Balrog? Nice little boxer. It's true. True. Oro, too. Oro. I do play a little Oro. I do play uh, Dudley in Third Strike, if that counts. Oh, I love... Actually, I did love Boxer in 4. I don't play 5, though. Trash game. I will play 6, though. See ya. <laughs> oh, yeah. Street Fighter 6 got announced. I can't wait. I'm excited, but, like, dude, I've... Again, I've been through this rodeo before. Like, I'm not not gonna get too excited. Is how I'm gonna put it. Damn, no faith, huh? Nope. Or or reserved nope. faith. Let's just say reserved faith. No, none. You could just oh, say none. straight up none. That's fine. One one faith. One out of a thousand. One faith. The logo sucks. Obviously, it's the worst thing about the trailer. Easily, it's not even that's close. A placeholder. It has to be a placeholder. There's no way that's the logo. No orange. No yellow. What the heck? It. I don't believe it. What's up, chat? Welcome to episode thirty-eight. We're talking about glitch. Yeah. Uh, glitch that's it. That's the meta. Yeah. There's there's so much to talk about just from glitch. I don't even know if we can even get into. Yeah, like, we're just gonna free flow because we can we can talk about the summit roster too. That now that it's locked in. Oh. But like I, I also just feel like we're gonna talk about the current state of the meta from glitch yep. so much that yes. we might not even get into that. But we'll see. That's fine. Everyone knew who got into summit. We'll we'll talk about that next time or at the end. But. Let's just get straight into it. Glitch. Ooh, okay. Glitch. Yeah. That's yeah, already doing it. They're just Steve, Steve, tweet Steve, to him. Steve Saga. Oh, the Steve Saga. I didn't know that was. I thought it was the. Uh... Wait. No. Yeah, I thought it was like Kill You at 50 Saga or whatever, right? Oh, I guess that's same the same thing. thing. Yeah, that's yeah, really true. fair. It might just be more Jake Saga, honestly. Because... Infinite, Infinite Saga is in, you know, like Infinite Steve's. I don't know. I think Steve might have been the most represented character in top 32, if I'm not mistaken. There was like three or four. Could be wrong, but... It was either that or Roy. Or Roy, yeah. Oh, Roy there was, was three one. Roys in Winner's Quarters, according to Void, who was in here before we went live. Oh, yeah. It was probably Roy. And Roy and DK. Steve. Uh, how did a DK get to top 32? Hold on. Slushy's nasty, y'all. Slushy, baby. I'm just saying that's like OD. Like, I, I yeah. give it up. Oh, we like, watched that. Impressive to, and I, I believe you have to fight two Pikachu's. Pika DK is like, yeah, like, near. It's really DK's good because Pika can't fight. kill him. He's so heavy. So, His... oh right, yeah, yeah. I mean, Donkey Kong's like super muscular too, right? Yeah, like, he's just stronger than Pikachu, so he kills him super early. Yeah, that's his uh, his last three wins were Jackal, uh, Niraz, and uh, DM. Yeah, so yeah, very yeah, that's impressive. Like, it's really, really good wins right there. Yep. So yeah, a lot to a lot to talk about for sure. I don't like. Do we do we just want to open it right up and just go right into Steve? And just open the can of worms. I kind of wanted to talk I about think this topic for sure. I kind of wanted to talk about Roy too, especially okay, Roy. how three Roys in Winter's Quarters, and apparently Roy is potentially like the most common character period in tournament right now. I feel like that's pretty interesting too. Like let's start off with Roy. Let's 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 yeah. ease into it because it's yeah. it's gonna get really fucking heated with Steve. I'm I'm gonna tell you right now. I got yeah. some opinions about this motherfucker. All right, so I'll give it up. Roy, very popular in NA. I think this character is the best rushdown archetype. If we're talking about movement, speed, rushdown, shield pressure, like I think Fox is another great example of something around the same archetype as Roy, but I think Roy is, of that archetype, the best character. And I also think I, I, 
Roy is easier to play than Krom just because you have a lot of hit stun to like confirm into a lot of things. The strategies are pretty simple in my opinion. Um, not to say that it's easy to do. Like you still have to be a good player. You can still get gimped off stage pretty easily and all that stuff, right? But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I it it seems to be uh, Roy is definitely not falling off. We've definitely seen like rise and falls of other top tiers where it's like okay, rise people figure it out fall right and then you kind of see that but i feel like roy has just been always slowly at least in the north american meta where we don't see as much crom we see mo- mainly like roy in like at least the upper echelon like top 32s top 16s right um so yeah that, that that's kind of like my take on roy i know i mean tweak you played roy right in the very beginning of the game you won a tournament with him so <laughs> I, played, I played both um Krom oh yeah, you played Crom when you were you could cheese people at like yes. absurdly low percent. Zero. Wow, you're such an honest. Yeah, you're a really honest player. Like yeah, so all these integrity. players have just no dignity except me. But <laughs> moving on, so I think um Roy is popular no matter how bad or good he is. People try to play that character in melee. You know what I mean? Like you see melee clips of Roy. You see. He wasn't in Brawl, obviously, but you see him in Smash 4. People tried to make that character work, and he was still really bad in Smash 4, a little better, but, like, it's no surprise that he has everything that a lot of people look for in a character. He's flashy, he has really cool combos, he's satisfying to play, like, and hit with. Uh, he has a sword, which a lot of people like, but it's like a it's like a melee sword, though. Like, you have to be up close to use it. So he's, like, rushed down, a lot of pressure. Like, everyone, truly, like, Roy is our boy. You know what I mean? Like, everyone likes Roy. Like, it's just kind of a thing. I like him a lot, too. I think he's a super cool character. I think if he's the number one in our game... That's a really good sign, but Gavin, you hit me with some interesting stats. You hit all of us with it. The uh, other two characters right behind Roy. So it's like to me, it's like all right, the number one character is Roy. That sounds pretty good. That sounds like that's a pretty healthy, fun game. I'd like to watch. Right? Yeah. I don't know if what it was, it was it? glitch stats or if it was stats in general, but it yeah. was an Orion we, thing. It's Orion, yeah. right? So that's like the whole period. I think they're going over. Okay. Yeah. So the other two characters were Samus and Rob. So. Oh yeah, Samus Saga just happened. Let's make big moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that makes yeah, this yeah, yeah. make sense to me now. I didn't know why, but that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Rob makes a lot of sense. So does so does Roy. Samus is a little surprising to me that she's so popular, but whatever. I'll give it up. Rob was supposed to fall off too, right? Rob's big. He was supposed to fall off, and like everyone was supposed to figure out that character. Yeah. But I still oh, see, yeah. you know, just parry parry the nair, and you get that. <laughs> You play, oh. play can, it's true, actually. I don't know why you I genuinely like fighting Rob to this day, but everyone knows that. Yeah, I don't mind fighting Rob. It's just like the the counterplay that people are putting out, like, bro, you just gotta parry his landings. Like it's like that's that's just false. There's way more layers to it, but yeah. 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 If it were that simple, then the character wouldn't be good. Like it's very like surface level advice, right? Like it's kinda of like rank one advice. Like if you're not even trying to do that, you're not even close, right? Yeah. And then top Robs aren't just going to let that happen. No top players or good players of any character are like, wow, he's parrying my aerial. Guess I better just keep doing it. Like, there's no other, there's no adjustment to be made here. They'll keep doing it. Actually, I don't know if you've seen, but one, they keep doing it. And two, Steve's keep doing it. So I don't know if that's fair. I'll give it up. (laughs) And to, to me, what's really impressive about Rob and Roy, particularly, is not only their consistent results, but their consistent results in the many many different eras we've had of Ultimate with all these patches and the variety of players that have found success with said characters, right? Like, I can't say there's another Diddy getting into top 8s other than Tweak, 
right? So then it's like, okay, it's hard to like credit the character. It's it's like hard to distinguish where the credit goes to. You know what I'm saying? But like with Rob, it's like I'm seeing a wide variety of players get you know a wide variety of like top level results. And same goes with Roy as well. So to me, that's like a very huge indicator of like th- this character is very strong. And I don't think it even really matters if you put it top five or put them top five or top ten or like you you can rate a character all you want. The the main thing that's important about a character is who how often are you going to run into them in bracket, right? Because even if you think Steve, this is a great transition to Steve, by the way, because a lot of top players, and I don't blame top players. I'm not saying like top players are lazy or like I low key am, but like not really, because this is really hard to do. There's no way that you can intensively study all 90 characters and know exactly what they want and do all this stuff, right? Like there's just so much characters, and you have to like keep in mind that these top players they want to be well practiced versus the characters they're going to run into at top level, right? Because that's where everything gets hard. So I feel like a lot of top level players haven't really practiced the Steve matchup that much and more so we're hoping that they didn't run into Steve's and then like, okay, boom, I'm in top 32 or top 16. Whew, didn't run into Steve's, I'm good, right? Like, but now that, you know, Jake made that breakout performance, now it's like, okay, Steve players are starting to get better. They're starting to break into this top eight. Uh, so now I feel like a lot of top players are going to try to, you know, learn the Steve matchup more. Yeah, because I'll be sitting there sometimes. I just see a message from Tweet. Bro, what do I do about Steve? I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> like, bro, go play against Steve, bro. Like, cause it's, it's a very it's, different character. It's, it, yeah, like, there are just different things and positionings that you have to think about when you're playing against him that a lot of people just aren't used to. And that's what happens when, like... uh they add a new character to the game that kind of breaks the rules of Smash, uh, which happens more and more often as time goes on. We are kind of talking about this beforehand, but, like, that's... It happened with Steve, and I think that's why a lot of people don't like said characters, you know? It's like, this isn't traditional Smash. This isn't what I learned how to play against, and now I'm losing, and I don't really know why I'm losing, and I have to figure out how to play against this character and this character's play style specifically. It's why I also think that's why... A lot of people hated Mimmin is because what in the world is that? She's throwing two arms at you full stage. How do I play against this? And now, I mean, they all evaporated off the planet and they don't really exist anymore. Because um, people took the time and learned the matchup, developed the counterplay, and of course she got nerfed. But like, those are things that you need to consider when you're like playing against a, a new character that like breaks rules of Smash. You just have to figure out how to deal with the rules that they're breaking. Yeah, I think you see it with, like, a lot of the later stage DLC, too. So at that point, like, not only is the meta kind of set in stone, but you've learned most of the matchup you have to, and then a curveball one kind of comes in out of nowhere, and people feel that frustration, too. It's like, well, I just spent however many hours learning, um, I don't know, say the Byleth matchup, right, before Min Min comes out. And now it's like, well, now I need to... And Byleth, you know, kind of strings together, fits underneath uh, different categories that we've kind of seen before. She's not that different. But when the Min Min comes out, it's like, dude, I just had to learn all these other DLC matchups. Now I got to learn Min Min too. And then on top of that, Steve comes out. Sephiroth's pretty different too, or at least has some unique things to him. But it's almost like the more creative they get with characters and the more diversity they add to the cast, the crazier it gets to learn these matchups. And like, they really get better at making the characters more like they're themselves, right? Which then also adds like another unique layer. Because look at like the Smash, 
like N64 characters, they all kind of have like similar things taken from each other, right? And those carried forward all the way to where we are today. Like Mario and Luigi haven't changed a whole lot. Fox, like all that stuff has kind of stayed the same, which carried to Falco. But then it's like, this is, that's why people, that phrase is being said more now than ever, I think, is this isn't Smash. Like this isn't Smash. Like that's just what people say when yeah. it's like, what the hell is going on? What is this? I actually want to know everyone's thoughts in the call of how you would personally fight Steve. Because I've been talking about this for the past day or two. And I've came to the conclusion to how I want to fight Steve. Uh, so I'll start, I guess. So I want to start by saying, uh, I think, so I'll simplify it. So there's two ways, right? You camp him to, to, to try to abuse his general stats, which is like he's slow in every way, right? Uh, he's slow running in the uh, on the ground. He's slow in the air, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and there's also... You overwhelm him because you don't want him to get resources. So those are the two general ways you'll probably hear people suggest how to fight Steve. I think it's more likely that you'll lose getting snowballed by Diamond by fighting him than it is to lose to him by camping. For example, like if you fight him, it's very possible you'll lose the first stock, crazy bread and butter combo, and then he gets diamond the next stock and you die again. I think that is so much more likely to happen than you losing to him because he got so much materials by camping. But this is if your cap character is capable of camping him. So for me personally with my characters, I think the most consistent way to fight him is to camp him super hard with a decent lead and to take the risk of him getting a lot of resources and just purely not interacting because it just feels slightly more consistent than risking his like fighting him with this crazy frame data crazy combos crazy kill confirms crazy on shield frame data too stuff like that uh that's how i feel you guys can uh expand on that if you want my my personal strategy, and I haven't played against Steve in a little while, but I play two different characters. The one I'm definitely going to go to in this matchup is Richter, like 100%. And I keep up range pressure between, like, cross, you know, keep that up. But mid-range zoning, I think, is so good against him. He doesn't have a lot of range or a lot of burst, you know, kind of options to kind of close that mid-range gap. And Vampire Killer just covers such a good area that Steve kind of can't fall into the problem obviously with that matchup is if steve hits richter with a combo or hits him with something the disadvantage is horrible and edge guarding him is obviously really good i think too minecart is a key thing people need to try to play around and i think belmont's do that well too because you can just fade away from it and forward air you get the different angle forward airs that you have so to me it's about keeping like good pressure on him so he doesn't get free materials so playing at like a good zone but not rushing in recklessly um in order to keep that pressure on because like you said He's like a Shoto up close. Like his his frame data is insane, and his combos are insane. His KO potential is just crazy too. So, and as we all saw, and Charles will definitely talk about this, but the footstool uh, dare is just such a big thing. So even pressuring his shield is just it's yeah. it's gotten crazy. His, his whole kit has gotten it's really coming together here. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, did you want to go next, Pink? Uh, mine's kind of long winded. So if you want to go next, okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I think. For uh, it, it's so hard with Steve because even like I know people are flaming other people's opinions for saying like Steve wasn't that good in the beginning, but you also have to realize like even for like someone like Izal's video, right? Izal's YouTube video saying like Steve was really bad. Steve without any of his tech is dog shit. I'll, I'll say it. 
right? Like, if you're not footstool daring, if you're not doing, like, block extensions, no nail combos, like, sick, the character's not that great. And that was, like, the big asterisk when everyone gave their opinion about Steve in the beginning, right? Like, okay, we look at this character, he's pretty trash, but there's obviously going to be a shit ton of tech with a character that creates terrain, right? Like, there's so many different, like, shit you can do with the character, so... Um, I think that's a really big thing in terms of just like the current Steve meta and like how characters approach it. The way Gavin said, like, there's pretty much two decisions, right? Um, I think the best characters against Steve is when you can pressure Steve. Like, so the big thing about if you pressure Steve and you're like a fighting character, like Fox, like a boxer, right? When you get up next to Steve and you rush Steve down, all of a sudden his lack of mobility does not matter. He's in, right? And Steve has like crazy buttons up close, like. I wouldn't say as, like, I still think Fox has the advantage up close, but, like, it's not by much. You know, Steve up tilt's really good. If Steve is able to squeeze out a down tilt on shield, it's, like, plus, right? And, like, there's so many things. In terms of risk-reward, I might even actually put it in Steve's favor just because, like, you get a jab, you set up, like, the fair situation off stage that could just be Fox's stock, right? Or, like, you get an up tilt, that's, like, an automatic, like, if you're you know, good could be death or with nil combos or you can just get, like, the simple 50 to 70 damage or whatnot, right? And that's from the basic weapon. Um, I think characters that are disjoint characters, like sword characters that outrange him and that can pressure him through the wall that he sets up, right? So Steve will bring up like a three stack wall. They'll go behind in mine or whatever, or they'll make an L or whatever, right? Like the upside down L and use it to protect themselves. If you can hit Steve through that and like hit through the wall or just break down the wall, we saw even um, the buzz with Olimar not even having a like, a super long range move, just use the Pikmin fair, boom, wiped all three of them out. The wall is gone. Now I can pressure you, right? And uh, the buzz was doing a really good job of throwing purple Pikmin of like, I'm pressuring you from a distance where your mobility is being abused. Like you, since you don't have mobility, it's hard for you to close the gap and hit me. So I think the pressure thing is like really strong if you outrange him. But if you don't outrange him, then all of a sudden his lack of mobility doesn't matter and he's just fighting you. So it it depends on your character, in my opinion. Um, like oh. I don't think Fox has a choice, honestly. Like in terms of like some boxing characters, right? Because like you even said for yourself, Tweak, like your characters can do that to Steve. The reason why is if your character has a good option out of the corner, you have that option, right? If because no matter how slow Steve is, if you keep retreating from Steve, you will be in the corner. Then you need some kind of tool, like flip jumps or some kind of something like that that can get up and over him and then to continue the camping, right? So, But if you don't have that, then what? Then you're just going to have to eventually fight Steve. So I think what it, you're saying is like a middle ground of both the things I mentioned, right? Like you're kind of mm -hmm. doing both at the same time, but I feel like there's probably not even a double-digit amount of characters that would be doing that, right? So, Correct. Like, so people in the chat are asking, like, what's like a, the best example of a bad matchup for Steve? Has said Cloud, and I 100% agree, because... Yep. Everything Cloud is doing is fitting all of those check marks of what you want to do against Steve. Literally pressing back air against Steve, you're threatening minecart, you're destroying blocks, you're threatening hitting him through the blocks, you're camping, like you're not committing, you're not fighting him yep. at a range where he can reversal you and do a crazy combo, but you have to have that option and I don't know if the cast can just do that to him. Because uh, right. even Sephiroth's back air is not going to function the same. It's threatening specific things, but it's not doing everything at once. Uh, I think Pyra is another great example of a character that's yeah. just 
incredibly good against Steve because it's like Pyra is like, oh, I like mobility. And it's like Steve's like, oh, same. And it's like, oh, cool. So you really just have to minecart. I have forward air. Not a lot of people realize this, but Pyra has longer range than Mithra and more activity. That's like the trade-off you get. And that is what you want against, uh, you want range and you want activity on your moves. So it's like, you don't have to time anything perfectly against my card. It's like, okay, I can like retreat fair or approaching fair. And it's like, because essentially Steve has lack of mobility. What does he use to, um, you know, what does he use to co compensate for that? It's minecart and up B. Those are his two like mobility moves, right? Um, and it, the thing is, like, a lot of characters might not be able to time him out. The, like, the, the, the strategies we're going over are the best strategies, but they're also privileged strategies against Steve. Yes. <laughs> Fox cannot implement all the strategies we just listed. Yeah. So now you have to, what's the next best thing? Well, you either can play the strategy of, like, okay, I'm going to, like, I have to eventually fight him, or, I, like, I'll, you want to threaten him to the point where it's, like, you're out of range. Like, Fox can do that if there's no block set up, right? So you need to, like, slowly kill the box then you need to be in a range where it's like i'm out of your burst range but like you're in mine so then that's where like fox somewhat has the advantage right but then when like you have to win that interaction because if you don't it snowballs out of your favor really really bad and that's just that's just how it is and you you also like this is a tip that void actually said and it makes a lot of sense i, I said that a lot of people are really bad at keeping track of metal and void was like well instead of looking at the percentage like where steve's like hud is for the percentage just look at what he's actually mining because every time steve mines something every symbol pops up and if you yeah. play minecraft you know what the symbols look like or even if you don't play minecraft all it is is a little silver bar that's what metal is so if, if you watch steve and you want to be looking at your opponent's character model right so you're looking at the opponent's character model you see one silver bar come up he has a metal right boom and then every time steve comes in on a stock he gets three for free so he starts off with three and then you watch what he mines and just keep track because once you get Steve, Steven disadvantage with no metal, trash ass character. It is motherfucking party time. You are going to shit on him. No metal, right? And he uses metal to approach. So this is where, like, it's hard because you have to, like, set up the scenario where you clear the blocks off the map. You try to win the neutral interaction, right? But you stay out of his range. You either force him to build another block wall or you try to, like, get them the minecart. Like, get them to use their metal, right? Once they use their metal, they're going to minecart, and then they're going to anvil right after minecarting, or or something else, but, like, usually, like, they use about one to two metal every time they approach. Then, once you get around that, then it's, like, it just sucks because it, you get Vortex back into actually fighting Steve because you want to pressure him to, so he doesn't get metal, right? But then you're putting yourself in a scenario where it's, like, shit, I'm just going to close the gap, he has no mobility, but I just have to fight him, and I have to gamble. If I win, he has no metal. I fuck him up. If he, no, if I win, then you know he has no metal because I'm pressuring him, right? And then you fuck him up. But if you lose, you get comboed, and then he mines more metal. So that's where I think it's like, that's where favorable matchups will happen for Steve is when that scenario, like when you're forced to make those kind of interactions to like try to push your advantage state with no metal. But then it's like you still have to win neutral versus him. And when Steve is up close, his neutral is not too bad. So like that's that is like the vortex that I'm thinking about, but this character is so underdeveloped that I I think everyone in this podcast doesn't know shit about this character. So we're, we're this, is very, this is very this is very surface level thinking. Yeah, this is very yeah. surface level thinking, and we are like 
I think even the Steves are still learning a lot about the character, right? And how to, how they strategize against the counterplay we're listing above right now. But um, we still have a lot to learn, and I'm I'm excited for it. I know, and like you know, the whole rant about like this isn't Smash Brothers. He's throwing fucking anvils and TNT. What the fuck is this? Blah blah blah. Like everyone, like bro. everyone like hating on Steve and stuff. Like I've I've been there, done that, man. I've been playing this game since Brawl. Fucking Ryu came in here, started killing me. Like oh, walking whoa, whoa, around, whoa, whoa, whoa. up tilting. I was like, this isn't Smash Brothers. Like he's literally just walking around, flicking up on the C stick, killing me at fifty. Like. How and then they got auto turn around in this game and I was like, dude, they don't even have to fucking look the right way. I don't get rewarded for my cross up rolls. I don't get rewarded for my cross up aerials, right? So like, I'm getting frustrated because the things I learned in Smash is not applying to X character, right? Cloud in Smash Four was fucking bringing out Final Smash, killing me with Final Smashes. Bayonetta didn't have to do like disadvantage states doing Marvel oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Bayo was fucked up. It's true, actually. Bayo was literally Marvel comboing me. I had to. I broke my own controllers. I was strenuous, like I was literally like physical pain SDIing, and like as the bay, like literally Bale's doing this, like up B, where'd they go? Up side B. Uh, oh, I reacted SDI. I'm crazy, and then do this one other input. Poo, oh man, I'm over here like oh, fuck. Like I was the dude. best, dude. I was. I thought it was whenever someone really got into their SDI. I was like, this is sick. Like don't get me wrong, it was sick, but like literally, I'm I'm physically working harder than the other player and i'm ruining my controller like there there's been so many other characters that came into smash that aren't smash but that's the beauty of smash is my main point right it's like you guys get pissed when they bring in byleth to the game and they're like dude what the fuck this character is just another sword character oh my god blah 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 let's bitch about it like there's nothing new or unique and then they bring in something new and unique and they're like everyone's like dude what the fuck this guy's getting carried we don't know what the fuck to do this is you know what i'm saying like that i mean it's just that's smash yeah, bro like this, that's just how it is this timeline is simply karma for my actions yes i have done some terrible things in super smash brothers so me losing Absolutely. to steve and not knowing what the fuck is going on i have to hold that you definitely yeah. did that to people in smash 4 i was gonna say if you were one game behind you'd be, the, like, you'd be the steve yeah all the brawl vets that were like run up shield is everything right like shield fundamentals right that was like brawl was everything was like shield fundamentals and blah 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 right and then like boom let's just throw in all this crazy shit like dk grabbing you at 50 and killing you like ban it's just i it's new shit like in any game whatsoever they're gonna bring in new tools and your legacy experience won't carry you through it get used to it marcus how do you fight steve tell us you said it was long-winded remember yeah yeah, no charles got me it's cool damn you don't want to say charles hit it i mean he hit like the okay so the main the the main thing was i think a lot of people get stuck in between like i have to camp steve or i just have to overwhelm steve and there's definitely like a huge middle ground that you need to be aware of and the distance that you need to play is like barely like right outside of when they can act out of minecart right because like the the biggest thing about steve is the majority of the time they're pushing themselves to the corner but they don't have a good jump and they don't have any like speed right they have no mobility whatsoever and really the only way they can get out of the corner without like doing like a a roll is they up b or they 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 side b like that's usually what's going to happen sometimes they they'll be a little aggressive and they'll do like a dash grab or a dash attack out of the corner but all of those go like 
Dash grab, dash attack, and the distance where Steve can jump out of minecart are pretty much all the same. So you just play outside of that range and it's all reactable. Same with up B. If they decide to up B out of the corner, like, and the crazy thing is almost every single one of those options just loses to a simple short hop. Like once you break the block in the corner, the moment that they commit to using any of those options, unless they decided to do jump minecart, in which case you just jump with them, then you, you can cover all of it. But I think a lot of people get so stuck on like, I have to go in from above. And it's like, bro, if you if once the bottom block is broken, like above is dead because Steve, Steve, they're just going like this. They're just they're yeah. holding a and up on their controller. This just did it hit. All right. 50, 70 dead. Like, you know, like I've seen so many people. Like, especially, like, characters that love to land on, land on um, people like like a wolf or a fox or a, a warrior or something like that. They're, like, down tilt the bottom block, and then they're like, you know what? Watch this mix-up. I'm going to jump all the way over the block when there's a platform right here, and I'm just going to make it, I'm just going to make it work. Like, I'm just going to figure it out. And it's like, why? 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 Like, why would you do that? You, you can down tilt the block, and you can just do whatever you want after that. But... A lot of people feel like they they have to get their big damage, so it sucks. Like the the interesting thing is, it's really easy for Steve to outpace you. That is true. Like if you do get hit by the wrong combo starter, if you don't know which directions to SDI, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, like you you may get hit and you may lose your stock. If your character is like um like if their stats, like if their fast fall speed or their weight or whatever, like they're really combo heavy, then yeah, like it's a lot more risky. But at the same time. That's what makes good characters good, I guess. Like, and I guess I'll give it up. Maybe Steve is good. I have no idea. Still, I still like still watching it. Like, I I want to believe that Steve is good. Yeah. But I also haven't seen people like continuously do the counterplay. Like people who play against Steve often. Like people who play against um, like people who play against Jake or people who play against Yanni. Like like Limo's beating Yanni with Bayonetta. Like. Think about how that sounds. Like a character who's pretty much entirely aerial based is is beating Yanni on on Bayonetta. Like so, I, I feel like there's people who play against Steve often have like very very good counterplay developed. And of course, on the other side, you know, Steves are going to continue to develop their meta as well because, like Charles said, that character literally yeah. is playing create. He's playing creative mode. Like sometimes he's just like, yeah, I just want to build some blocks, and it's like. Man, I that's crazy. I was tracking your disadvantage and I watched out for Anvil and you decided, you know what, I'm gonna jump up there and I'm gonna hit him from the side and they placed a block and they shielded. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and I now, think too, like Charles and Marcus are saying, there is a lot of room for growth with the character himself too, in terms of yeah, yeah, maybe people aren't counterplaying him perfectly yet, but he's still got a lot of I hate to use the word, but potential, as we say with every character, uh, when a new Smash game comes out. But with him it's like some people point to, um, like, the perfect Steve is, like, Jake's neutral with Yanni's punish game, right? So they both have a lot to learn from each other. And once they sync up and start, I don't know, man. I think this character, he might be. I'll give it up. The real deal. Yeah, we got to give it up, man. Third place. He beat. Let's go through the run here real quick. Uh, 2-0 ZD, 2-0 Light, 3-1 Dom in what I always thought was a good matchup, but I'll have to watch it again. 3-0 uh, Leon, uh, French Leon. Uh... Lost to Zaba, 0-3. What? Oh, I remember. I was okay. So I was there in the crowd watching Leon 
as he was playing against Steve and his face was killing me. He was just like, <laughs> he was so confused. Like, he was like, I have no idea what is going on. Like, <laughs> I'm just getting hit, taking 8 million. The TNT is exploding. Like, I've never seen this setup where they up tilt the TNT on the platform and I've gotten hit by it four times in a row. Like, it's it's absolutely hilarious watching some. I think that character is hilarious, yeah. by the way. I think he's so funny. Like as a spectator, it's so funny playing against them. Or in terms them. in terms of regional representation, I feel like NA's NA is really the only region that has a lot of or like big Steve representation. Am I wrong there? I feel like it I is. I don't see a lot of Steve. I mentioned yeah. this I think last night. I was just hanging out with Charles and stuff. Something like that. But is is no Minecraft top level like Steve a, in, in Japan, right? Is Minecraft like a did it like start in NA or something? I don't know. I think, like a, I think it's one. European, actually. Oh, okay. I was like, is it a heavy NA game? Because that would make a lot of Channel, sense. Channel let us know. Well, probably, yeah. but I don't that, think it started. Yeah. In um, oh, okay. Anyways, Lost Azaba, 3-0'd Cola, 3-2'd DeBuzz, 3-0'd Gacked. Like, these aren't just like, oh, I beat one type of player. I beat one player. Yeah. Like, two good players. Nope. These are players from all over this the is every, This is the whole bracket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. This is Spacey's. This is a really, really good Ness. Uh, DeBuzz, who we always say is the biggest challenge for a player on the uh, coming out. Yeah, I know. Bro, DeBuzz is, is so cursed. I picked him to win the tournament. Gavin will get a vouch, dude. I was like, this is DeBuzz's tournament. He's looking good. And then he just, it was so cursed. So cursed, dude. What a way to go out. I was so like, I like had a pretty, like, I was like, DeBuzz might win, but he has to be, has to be Cosmos and Winter Semis. If he doesn't, then the, the tournament is, is dead. He could have. It's very close. It was, that was a close. great set. That was a great set, honestly. It was really good. Is that a reverse 3 0 by Cosmos? Yeah, no, no, no. So. Oh, no. The Buzz almost reverse 3 0 Cosmos. There, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's he, went, he went Sora game one, which was the most interesting game two. part about oh, Cosmos. He went Sora game two. Oh, it's so game two? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. he lost Olimar, Sora, Olimar. Went Sora, okay. and then, Ow. like, it felt like. The Sora was learned, doing good. He learned something. To, also, one, the Sora was doing really well at first. And two, it seemed like he learned something through playing Sora because he went straight back to Olimar and the entire set was different. I was like, yeah. bro, I was telling, talking about that with Haz. I think the Buzz approached the Cosmos set beautifully. Yeah. Game one, close match with one of your faithful characters. Game two, try something different. Decent match, relatively close, not as close as game one. Like Marcus said, learn something from it. Back to all, back to Alf, <laughs> and. I heard. Started playing so well. Like, I think, like, I'm, like, hyping this up a lot because I have a hard time approaching sets with multiple characters sometimes. But I think the buzz did it so, like, picture perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where, like, for me, I have a hard time deciding, do I start with the, the new character? Do I go the new character when I'm down 0-2? Do I do a game 2? But the buzz, like, it felt like the game plan was so flawless. Like, like even though he lost the set and he was down 0-2, it just... It made so much sense to me when I was watching it. It was really well done. Yeah, I think the buzz was playing really well. Unfortunate with the hitbox extension. Yes. I will say nice. that the buzz probably calculated for that, but I think he just dashed like a frame too early. Yes, yes, like yes. literally one or two frames too early. Yeah, because he's been playing Olimar for over a decade, like ever since Brawl, and like you know what I mean. That's so a it's, thing it's, that happens every game, that, yeah. all the time. Like that. That's just the thing. He he. Since Brawl, that's a good point. It's like, I would be very surprised. I know it's tournament and stuff like that, but the Buzz is so has so much experience and stuff. I just really doubt he didn't account for that. Yeah. I just think he I accounted like, for it and knew it was a possibility. 
it was super funny that it happened. Like, it, it makes sense how everyone reacted. But, like, I knew that would happen if he dashed at that time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we all did. On the last, like, frame of it was the a, last yeah. hit. So, like, if it was multiple hits, he would have had time. Because that should not have killed. Like, that was probably one of the most unfortunate, like, mistake by one frame and you lose the game kind of thing. Because if he dashed in earlier and just got hit by it, like, by multiple hits, he would have had time to be like, oh, shit, I'm getting hit. Go back to the left. And then he would have lived the hit. So it would have been a disadvantage, but, like, he would have lived. But since he did it on, like, the exact last frame as he was dashing right, he did not have time to adjust, and that last hit just immediately hit him as he was dashing to the right. So it's, like, so unfortunate. Really, really unfortunate. Yeah. And that's how punishing, like, this game is super fucking hard. Like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like, Smash has, Smash is very unforgiving. It's a very unforgiving game. Yeah. And and that's um, why but, yeah. it's fucking crazy that there's players like Leo, like Spargo, like the Buzz, like Cosmos, like Zamba. They just stay winning. Yep, it's true. It's Cosmos again, big big dub. Marcus, you had a good point about Cosmos. Oh yeah, yeah. I think don't quote me on this, but I think he's the first player to win the first major after he's gotten sponsored. That is. Yep. A very, very cool statistic. Congrats to Cosmos, by the way. We haven't even talked yeah. about that yet. Uh, the Cosmos so won crazy. the fucking tournament. Good shit. <laughs> Some, and he lost. I feel like he did well against Zamba at Smash World Tour, right? I think he beat. Was it a 3 0? I feel like yeah, that's a bit twice. of a, yeah. a mini rivalry starting up between them two. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like, you know, they've had some some back and forth games and sets, so that's cool. Oh, Leo won Frostbite. Leo doesn't count. Come yeah, on. Guys. It counts. Hey, come on. Like, I hear it's Leo. It's Leo. Come on. The guy that wins everything. Yeah. After his first I think that was hard to account for oh, because we forgot that he got sponsored again. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, don't think I actually count. don't know like what actually, is for a tournament after every sponsorship. Yeah, exactly. Bro, on that on that frostbite losers run though, we might have to give it up, honestly. Oh, I'm giving it up. I was the only one who gave it up just now. Right, of man. course. Me and you, me and you, dude. All right, give it up. Uh, I mean, you have to. You have to give it up. Yeah, because, I'll like, give it up. It's just factual. So Cosmos is, you know, the second person to do that. We did. Oh, all right. Well, did it. Oh, damn it, dude. Yep, yep. Cosmos wins with a. Uh, Aegis as well. Aegis actually hasn't won a big tournament yet because they are Ooh. the most difficult low tier character. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, <laughs> you, you know what? I give Zamba an incredible amount of props. Um, he was playing so well that day. I thought he was going to win the tournament, but um, that matchup is hard. Like it might not at surface level when you watch that set, especially oh, the first yeah. set, you might have not even thought like, oh wow, like does Rob just beat Aegis? Like no, he Hell Zamba no. was playing really well. It, that is, I would not be surprised if that is Rob's like hardest top tier matchup. I, I don't know if Rob like loses yeah. to weird mid tiers or whatever, but like in terms of top tier matchups, that might be Rob's hardest one. I'm not a Rob expert, so like you'd probably want to ask a Rob player, but I just wouldn't be surprised if that was the case because that is that is. Oh, I think so some fun. of the characters I've used versus Rob do better than Pyramithra, but it's definitely bad. Really? I think Diddy would beat Rob harder than Pyramithra beat Rob. Really. Yeah. Oh, to me, I'm basing it like almost, I don't want to say solely, but very heavily on Zamba's reaction to losing like his almost his first game that he had lost in a long time. To I don't even know how many games he had dropped up until that point. And he was on pace to get the triple crown. That would have been so sick. But second, second, or first, first, second. Very impressive in the events yeah. he entered. Yeah. 
first first second which doubles squad strike and singles just yes. in that order wild that's so wild um carry on the nares on the reset man that was everything <laughs> true um uh, dude zamba is the future of tri-state true do you Spinning. do you see He's how present day dude yeah i mean yeah not even the future the right now yeah zamba tilde like tri-state always has like you know more crazy players uh on the come up every every time <laughs> it's really cool to see that's what i was telling zamba at smash World tour i'm like you are the definitely the future of this region right now like the yeah. consistency is incredible for such a young player too the it the funny thing is that's probably his best trait and he's such a young player is actually the consistency uh yeah, yeah. for sure um, we're starting to see the uh I don't want to say like the next generation, but kind of we're starting to see. Some I think of it's the, happening. I think glitch was definitely a, a different like that wasn't that wasn't the smash I used to play. That's for something sure. Something shifted. Yeah, something is fucking different. Uh, yeah, like the new gen Spargo, Zomba, yeah, right? Like, Quaid. Quid, yeah. Quid. Like, yep. do you remember when this happened in Smash Four? Not to bring it back to Smash Four. Remember this happened, and it was suddenly just like all of a sudden, it wasn't just Brawl Vets doing really well. I was like, whoa, this is like this is this something. It was Hello. you, Gavin. Yeah, it was you. It was you. You were one of them for sure. You void like all like, like, Yep, light like Mario. Light was like, light was, light was like, wait, 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 All right, come on, y'all keep me. Late. No, play a spark for this. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, it it you always see it around this time where it's like holy shit like the the game really is changing and it's it's just always really cool to see that happen because you see these these kids just grind so hard and then mm-hmm. look at like twenty fifth here or there and it's like wow they got a nice win or two I remember light doing this too especially like wow you got a nice win or two and then all of a sudden it's like whoa light isn't in top eight that's weird when did that happen like this is insane so it's crazy to me that like you guys the new Smash Four kids like you and and Mars and uh, light are like kind of the old guard now like it's crazy it's so crazy to me i it's literally so was getting called that at summit and it was blowing my mind yeah it's like it's, i'm playing spargo and it's like yeah this is like the new kid versus the old guard and i was like don't call me that like i'm not re- <laughs> i'm not ready for that yet <laughs> join us join us Kevin. it comes for you bro it's yeah not your fault. It, yeah you're just, it, you're just existing dude yeah it's 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 kind of cool in a way like you know to be, to be the veteran, I guess. Are you Larry? Larry Sad, just the chat. Come on. Larry, that's my goat, goat right Larry, there. Larry, we need uh, to get you to bed. Larry. It's 7 13 p.m. What the heck? Yeah. Larry, you got to get your supper. Come on, yeah. pal. Um, I, was like, I love Larry. Uh, what was the other? Oh, I got to shout out my two main dudes. Dom, of course. Amazing. The Belmont. Like, Insane. But I really don't know if I enjoy, no offense to anyone on this podcast, if I enjoy watching anybody play Smash more than I do um, with Dom. Beating Ned, beating Bonk, beating Cytonics. Actually a terrible matchup for Ken, so shout out to Cytonics for doing a really good job in a really tough matchup and losing to Jake um, and Gluto. But, I mean... That's another player that's playing their own video game. Yep, 100%. Is Dom playing Smash? I don't think so. He's playing Castlevania. He's just playing Castlevania. He's just gaming on you, I don't know. Yep. And then uh, obviously my goat as well, Vendetta dude. Top eight, yeah. Ken mostly Ken, some Ryu in there. He went Terry, I think, randomly one game. Uh, that's when he he did squad strike against uh, was yep. it Gact, where he just rotated and went like uh, Terry yeah. and yeah, yeah yeah. That's cheating, rotated. bro. It's all the same character. Smile. <laughs> <laughs> True. 
I'll give it up. Um, but yeah, Vendetta, hell of a run. Uh, he beat Tilde, which I always... I, that matchup's a pain in the ass. Definitely, definitely. In my opinion. Oh, sorry, I was looking at Cole's results. I was looking at the wrong I was like, game. I thought... No, I, I'm an idiot. Oh. He, Bluto is who he rotated on, that's right. I had a tab open that was Cola's. But he beat Goblin, um, Light, um, Icon, too. Or Icon. Amazing. Bro. That guy's the GOAT, honestly. Oh, he beat XL and he beat Wadi. That's what it was. There you go. Dang, what a run. <laughs> honestly, what a run. Like, mm-hmm. when you say it out loud and, like, list it out, it's like, wow, that is really impressive because... And- any of those could have been you getting 49th or 33rd or tw- but nope. The theme yep. of the tournament was fighting game stuff, so Vendetta getting top eight was uh was hype, yeah. Very impactful, very important, yeah. Congrats. Hell yeah. Um even uh watching Gluto compete was really sick. Gluto it like we had a bunch of different regions. I think the sermon was really sick to watch because yeah. like there was back, there was Gluto, Raflo, like there was great European representatives, Raflo, Gluto, and Leon, right? Then of course Gact as well. I, I don't think Takara was able to make it. I know Takara was like no, he wasn't, okay. That would have been sick. But no it wouldn't you know. have. Dude, shout out to Gact. <laughs> I hate that guy. Bro. So consistent with Ness. Gact. Mm-hmm. Who and watched say, like, the pre-local? I did not watch it, no. I if you watch it. I think I know what you're gonna say, so I technically yes. Okay, who saw the clips at least of him finally? Like, I was like, bro, it's happening. Now all he needs to do is start doing it out of footstool, and it's over. Oh, just kept... oh, I don't know what you're talking about. There. I thought you were going to talk about how he lost the pre-local and then was no. doing well in the main bracket or something. No, 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 no. He was fighting a Pokemon trainer. I cannot remember which one because a lot of Pokemon trainers did well this weekend. By the way, just I didn't even think about that, but a lot of Pokemon trainers. Um. And every time they switched to Charizard, he started doing the magnet thing across the stage. Oh, snap. Nest Tech the- mattering? No yeah, way. He was, he it was doing it. Charles is yeah. always ahead. Still tech matters? That's so crazy. Was it Never would have thought tech mattered, I don't, man. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure who it was. Beast? Um, just literally beast. has infinite just on yeah. so much characters. Yeah. Every, crazy. Every single time he switched to Charizard, it was just... Across the stage, magnet, 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 magnet. People are like, bro, what is this? But then, yeah. like, after he did it the first two times, they're like, bro, what is this? Like, this is consistent. Yeah. <laughs> it might be something. Yeah. Beast, Your Beast did do amazing, too. Yeah, Beast beat Fatality oh. in winner's bracket. Nice job. Yeah. Real, real quick before we dive into anything else, I do have to dip, guys, so I'm sorry, but you can keep going on without me, but... No. See ya. Yeah, I gotta run. The mustache. Yeah. I'll get it up. <laughs> yeah, Got press it. one if the mustache is good, chat. See ya. But yeah, if oh. your if your character can do something with footstool and you're not doing it, you're fucking up. Like footstool is a huge part. Now, obviously, it's better on other characters. I think that's one of the main reasons why Steve for me is like creeping into my personal top ten. It's like all the nil stuff and stuff. All that stuff is crazy. Don't get me wrong. Footstool there. Seeing that in action, seeing Jake approach, not even do it out of shield. This ju- this man would run up on you. Run up on in your face and just go for footstool there. And a lot of like footstool there or footstool specials, it's risky because like footstool, like you're not gonna see Wolf approach with footstool up because if you don't hit it, you're fucked, right? Yeah. Or if like Sephiroth misses footstool there, 
you're fucked. Like tweet, tweet even said like at kill percentage, he's like, it's a fearful thing to go for. I right? hesitate. Like, it is risky. I usually right. might not even do it unless it's a matchup that I've done footstool there. Like, like a ultra bunch. comfortable, yeah. right? Like their 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 hitbox is super or hurt box is super low to the ground. It's like a free like just yeah. mash tap like jump twice. Because in there, terms of frame data, of... punishers should be like there shouldn't be a risk reward to it, right? Like if you do something that's you can shield grab it, you should do it every time. But when it comes to footstool there or Sephiroth. I kind of have like a risk reward kind of flow chart to it because of how dangerous it is to mess up. So yeah, and there's different timings too. It's not as easy as a shield grab. Like yeah. when, when you put so out of there, your double jump bubble has to be on top of their head. So like if, if Pikachu back airs you and they fast fall it, they're, they're like pancaking on the ground. That's a frame four punish because you just jump. And then right after your jump squat, you just jump again. Yeah. And then you can just mash jump and get it. And it's super easy if they're close enough. Yeah. But there's other footstool out of shield punishes where you have to delay it. You have to jump, let your character drift and get the height in and then do the other double jump. And then you get it. So it's a little delayed. So how far are they? How low is their hurt box? There's a lot of factors going into footstool there or just like footstool punishes out of shield in general. But the broken, I think, Steve has the most broken one because it doesn't matter if you hit it. Yeah. If you miss it and they it hits their shield, you could shield poke and kill them. Oh, they shielded it. I'm like on top of my anvil doing down smash. Maybe maybe I'll get shield break or something. Like who knows? Like or I just get off my anvil, right? Like I, that to me was the most broken shit I've seen in quite some time. And I'm not even talking about like the high ceiling ceiling stuff. Double jump into dare is not hard to do. <laughs> now, getting it every single time on different punishes, yes. Like, I'm not trying to discredit Jake. I'm just saying, like, Jake went for it so often because there's not a lot of risk involved, right? Yes. So if you mess it up, and that's a huge thing for tournament play, by the way, right? Like, if you're nervous and stuff and you mess up a do- like a, a footstool dare, and, like, maybe you don't even shield poke with it, but you don't get punished for it or get punished as hard. Like, you don't lose your stock, right? That's a big deal going in a tournament right so i to me that's what really like jumped steve up in my radar because i've known a bunch of steve tech already but i know it's going to take time for you know steve to do that and like steve is probably one of the if not the highest skill ceiling character in the game just because of like no impact landing and all the stuff you can do with blocks right like it's just there's so much tech for the character that it's so overwhelming trying to like put that on your mental stack and play neutral right but when you could add something as simple as like doing a footstool down air to either like you just run up to someone and do it or you just do it out of shield that changes the matchup in immensely. And I, I, I actually think if Jake wasn't doing footstool there, Cola probably would have beat him. But footstool there to me was like the pivotal thing that maybe Cola wasn't super ready for. And you could see it in his spacing with Cloud and stuff like that, where it's usually you don't have to like space that well versus Steve because you'll get hit by like the quick fare, maybe. And that even takes a while. And like once you get to a certain percentage, if it doesn't come into fair, it doesn't really do much, right? You just kind of get smacked and that's it. So... Yeah, footstool there with Steve is like the thing that I was just like, wow, this is crazy broken. Yeah, the risk reward is very different compared to other footstool setups. I think the other one that I value a lot for the same reasoning, because it's okay if you miss it, is actually uh, Joker's. Joker! Uh, because, yep. you know, obviously it's not like blatantly strong, like like it's not like the attack isn't going to kill you, but the risk reward is really... Uh, skewed compared to some of the other ones like sora or sephiroth or like something that actually is punishable if you mess up like with joker down gun it's like this is something i might do without a footstool yeah Yeah, yeah, so those ones are really valuable especially in tournament i agree for sure 
Oh yeah, don't even get me started on footstool gun with Joker. That shit. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. Too. I can go and do a kill confirm. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. like the, the risk reward is so much different than you'd expect. Uh, it's probably the second best one. If I if I if I had to like put footstool punishes, like I think Steve would probably be the highest, and then footstool gun would probably be second. I don't I think know. In I, I don't know. Like podcast, I said I thought Joker's was the best. I still think yeah. it's Joker's. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, sure. I don't know what like, I think Steve now. Steve uses but... a material, so that's like a big deal, right? Like you do yeah. use an iron, like the Joker gun, like that shit's gonna always be online. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. and you, it just leads to so much. It's so many different percents. And... Yeah, it's kind of evil. Yeah. yeah, you can infinite with it, but you can, you yeah, can. one yeah. side of the stage to the other. Actually, you can't. You can't do that. Oh uh, yeah, 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 for real, yeah. We should. This game is so like this game is ah uh, it, it to me it's so hyped that like the more. I watch this game and talk about this game and think about this game. Like the more I feel like I don't know shit about this game. And to me, that's like super hype because this game, it it feels like there's so much more to grow. I I know we've been going for a while, but like one more topic I want to do and just hear you guys' opinions on is mobility. This is something that I know all of us have been talking about lately. And we grew up on Smash a while back. And I'll tell you in terms of like, what the rule book of tier lists are from back in our day, it's mobility and frame data. Yeah. If you got mobility and frame data, you're a top tier. That's how shit worked forever in Smash. But I feel Thanks like Thank you. I feel like in this game, that necessarily like isn't the mm-hmm. case. And I've I'm slowly like the past like month or two, I, I keep asking myself, I'm like, do you need mobility to be strong in this game? I see I see like I, I did a video with like Cosmos and Leo talking about corn and like Leo just talked about um, lack of mobility in general and like how he views it. And like, even like stageless wise as he's like, as he, for him, he's like, as long as he's playing bios on a small stage, it don't matter if he doesn't have mobility, yeah. his moves take up a quarter of the map. Right. Yeah. Like, so like the, the, the toss up and like the strengths and stuff, like, the push and pull of like, do you need mobility? Some characters don't need mobility because their strengths cover for all the other shit that mobility you need mobility for, right? Like I have crazy range. So do I need mobility? I control so much of the stage, right? So I, I know it's like a very in-depth uh, topic, but yeah, just something I want to hear you guys' thoughts on because yeah, like f- characters like Falco, right? No mobility or like you do have one mobility move like minecart. Falco side B, right? Like you have one, all your mobilities front loaded into one move, and your opponent's always going to be watching out for it. But that's, it's like, we still see Falco doing really good, right? And we still like, we're seeing all these characters that lack mobility becoming relevant parts of the meta. Yeah. So it's kind of just like, do we just suck or are like, or are we overrating mobility, right? Is like what my thought process is. Uh, I mean, okay. So. The interesting thing about most characters that have like um, low mobility, and you kind of already spoken about this, is they either have one like a burst option that makes you second guess what they're gonna do in mid range, or they have a projectile as well. Um, and you just use Falco. Falco's like a really good example because, <clears throat> yeah, he has side B, and side B confirms into you know back air. So obviously you're watching out for that at kill percents, but. Also, you're sitting there and you're playing the mid-range and sometimes Falco just decides to shoot a laser at you and they do 3%. You know, it's like over time you you start to think about all those different things in the mid-range. Like, okay, he's kind of slow. So, I mean, he can camp. I can camp him, but also like I might get shot by this laser. He might use this burst option. I need to keep staying mobile, like moving forward and backward. And then they're like 
while you're like hesitating, deciding if you want to move forward or move backward, they're like gaining space because you're like thinking, oh, snap, they might laser and then they like dash forward. And it's like, uh oh, well, now they're getting closer. I don't want to be close to this really slow character because all the slow characters for some reason. Well, I guess that's not that's not bad game design, I don't think. But most of the slow characters have like crazy punishes once they get in on you. Right. So um, I think it's like that that slight hesitation that most characters in the game gives you that allows them to make up for their lack of mobility. Like Byleth, for example, uh, mid-range might just start shooting an arrow and you have to react to that, to the charge of the arrow, and Byleth can cancel that arrow. Um, there's, there's like a million characters, Steve, Minecart, et cetera, et cetera. So usually characters that lack mobility um, have one or two options that make you like second guess kind of what they're what they're looking for in neutral um and they also have like a decent enough it's not like they're like the slowest characters in the game like ganon has no mobility and all of ganon's burst options have 10 million frames to start up and they're extremely laggy um most of those options that the other characters have aren't really that laggy uh so it's a lot easier for them to like you you're not you're thinking more of I can just react to whatever Ganon does, where the the other ones you're like I might not be able to react to this, so I need to stay on my toes and try to position myself based on what I think that they may do. Yeah, even a character like Luigi, right? No yeah. mobility, but I mean just the risk reward and all the other things, right? Yeah, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on this topic, Gavin. Like just mobility in general. Um, I know you highly value mobility. For yeah. you, you, you as a player, you always value air mobility. I think it's the reason why you dropped Trainer. Trainer had no mobility. I think you still, you could have kept playing the character and found success with him, but I think like you, your personal like style of play, you want either extreme amounts of air mobility, just to have like those slight, um, you know, air mix-ups and all that stuff, or just like, even Diddy doesn't have air mobility, but you have monkey flip, right? Like you have other tools that give you mobility. And so, you have like right? you have micro movement in the air with like cancel. So it's like you have the macro movement with monkey flip, but you also have micro movement with B reverses and wave bounces. So I can very precisely trick my opponent when I'm in disadvantage and or in neutral and all that stuff. So but I I guess the first thing I wanna say is like Smash Ultimate. Uh-oh. It feels like as of right now Uh-oh. is going into a new like a new era like something is it's different right like glitch like was different i don't know there's definitely some factors maybe it's not as drastic as i'm describing right now because some of the best weren't there like you know leo spargo and me and like you know we weren't there but still general smash ultimate is so different there's so many characters, like new characters from COVID and all that stuff. Um, I think this kind of goes back to what we were saying about Steve, where we were talking about counterplay, whether it's as Steve or fighting Steve. I don't think any of the matches we watched were forcing any extra layers to be added mid-set. Like, uh, the pacing was being matched, like, every set I was watching. Like, no one was willingly disconnecting from, like, the average pacing in the matchups. Like, no one was making Steve work a little harder to get in. No one was like, you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like that's where I want to put myself into those brackets and see how it would have worked for someone like that will refuse to fight you. <laughs> uh, like, or even like Leo. Like, Leo's very defensive. 
uh, like, so I'm curious to see where, how I would fare in this new timeline. Uh, because we all know I'm not going to change how I'm playing for anyone. Like I, I'm very stubborn. Uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna play how I want to. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think we were talking about this before we went live. Yeah, maybe mobility isn't the most important thing in the world. I think if you do have it, that's incredible. And it might as well be. But I think there's just certain things you have to checklist. Either your character has to have or your character gets to remove from play. Um, for example... Ooh, from Yu-Gi-Oh? Remove from play? <laughs> some easy things. We were, we were talking about like my characters. We were talking about characters other top players were playing. Like For example, with Byleth. By, like we were talking about Byleth isn't mobile, but Byleth is doing really well, right? Like Leo's winning basically every tournament he attends except like a couple. Um, but Byleth literally removes certain parts of Smash from the play. Like Byleth's recovery is very consistent. Um, Byleth always has a kill confirm with the neutral airs. Byleth always has... Uh, when you get edge guard, like you get edge guarded by upbeat, you just die. Like it doesn't like their percent is irrelevant. Like shit, like that. Like certain Bio things. Recovers every time you can't recover. Yeah. Uh, you die in the corner or ledge trap at fifty to seventy percent consistently. Yeah. So you're not even hitting triple digits. Like, so it's like yeah, yeah. I see. What you're so Byleth has like some of the checklist, like range, kill confirms, uh. The projectile is interesting because it can, if you shield it, the next interaction is a potential shield break. That's another thing Byleth gets on the table. So Byleth doesn't have mobility um, and stuff like that, but simplifies the game to an extreme. So I think those things are pretty great. Like Luigi uh, doesn't have certain things, but has strengths to the extreme. But because it's not like removing certain things from play... The weaknesses are always there, no matter what. Um, so as good as the character is, the character isn't like some of these other characters that are literally removing aspects of Smash from play. So I, I think that's how my brain would work for valuing a character. Obviously, I love mobility because it's how I like to play. But like you said, it's not the most important thing in the world. Uh, it's just, you know, it's either you have enough to be viable or you have some really great strengths and you're removing other things. That's 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 basically well, my TLDR. Um, what's interesting that. is, like I was thinking about this as you started talking. Um, when we started playing, Charles and I specifically, we were competing back in the olden days. Holy playing Lord. Brawl. Getting air camped by Meta Knight. Getting air camped by Meta Knight. Trying to figure out how to beat Tornado. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one character that was one of the slowest characters in the game who was pretty much just as good as Meta Knight. And all they did was grab you. Yeah. Once. That's it. They after they, they had, power shielded. After they, had they power, power shielded. Shield. They had to power shield. The easiest reason, game in Smash to power shield, by the way. The reason that, it, that interaction was so powerful for them is because the reward that you would get for interacting with them, no matter how good your mobility was was like 10%, 15%. Unless you played like Meta Knight, you could split them up really easily. Or you play any character that could split them really easily, then you could get a bigger reward. But for the most part, it's either I risk interacting with you with my superior mobility, and I do 10%, or I, I die. Yeah. Right? 
and as time has gone on, more and more characters, like in Smash Ultimate, has that effect where like you interact with them, you you take sixty, you take seventy. Yeah. So the mobility doesn't feel nearly as important because it's, there's so many characters that can do it. It's like oh, okay, well we all do sixty or seventy, right? Like, and the lower mobility characters aren't they aren't doing nearly as much, if that makes sense. Like, Diddy Kong, like, might hit you, and they might do, like, 40, and they'll put you in, like, a, a crazy position afterwards. Same with Sheik. She'll hit you, do her 40, 50, put you in, like, a ledge trap situation, whatever. Um, but let's say it's against Luigi. You mess up your ledge trap situation, and now Luigi hits you. Well, suddenly, you just took 80. Like, the 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 reward that you get for having higher mobility in this game is usually like compensated by the fact that you do a lot less damage so i think that's how it ends up balancing out is because the slower characters normally just in also the slower characters do usually remove some aspects of the game like corn literally ledge traps like for free there's no thought process behind it uh steve does the same thing violet does yeah. the same thing most of them have like really strong things that they just removed from the game yeah. but the characters that are worse like luigi usually have a lot more inconsistencies like you said so i think the huge thing is just mobility doesn't feel as strong as in this game because like everyone's doing 70 or 80 if they're a slower character yeah. but when they're like a faster character they're hitting you like zero suit for example is hitting you for she's doing nair forward air and doing 20 and you're like Okay, okay yeah. I guess I gotta win seven thousand interactions, or I interact once with Luigi and I make a mistake and I die. That's why I was saying I really want to put myself in these situations because, like, like you just said, you do your bread and butter, you mess up your ledge trap and die or like get hit, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's even or you're losing. Mm -hmm. I want to put myself in these scenarios. I want to do my bread and butter, and then let them get off ledge and start camping. That's where yep. I want to put myself against Steve and really see, can I do this and find consistency without taking the, that risk? I want to see if I can do that. And I am i don't know for sure, but I know I'm, that's what I'm going to try to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, That's what I've been thinking about the past few days what, uh, based on the smash that I've been watching. Um, yeah. And so there's... You're... Oh, go ahead. It's just a question. So you're so you're going to like a. This is gonna sound weird, but pretty much a neutral only playstyle. Like yeah. you don't really you don't take advantage of the advantage state that you get. You He's just... playing brawl. He's gonna play brawl. I'm gonna play how I play against a lot of characters that you guys have probably seen me do this before. Like, yep. I I, did, I used to do this in Smash Four. Like I like one of the stories that Charles said a long time ago that <laughs> he loves is he was like yeah like I can't let's drop Palutena and he's like asking me about it and i'm like oh i don't <laughs> yeah i just don't do it i it's like you're putting so much faith that you can win neutral like you you are not valuing valuing the certain aspects of the game as much you are holding onto your lead and you're putting value on your patience discipline and neutral and that's why i really want to see if i can do that against steve like is he strong enough if i'm playing well enough to still like win and i'm hoping no of course, because I want to fucking win, but that's all. That's what I'm gonna try. That's your initial strategy, and there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with like trying something and it not working out, and you altering the strategy to yes. maybe like mix in the other thing or whatever. But yeah. like, you are going in with a strategy that is 
um, that adheres to your strengths as a player and that your characters can also execute, right? And you're able to come up with these because you understand different aspects of the game. Like we we're talking about mobility and then we also have to bring in all the other aspects to explain what can be like good or bad against certain aspects, right? And even when you break down matchups, that's what you have to do, right? And for some context to what the Gavin story is, when I competed in Smash 4, Palutena and Mies had a normal getup, but they had 10 more frames of intangibility, like it was delayed by 10 frames. So what a lot of Palus and me players would do is they would, like, do normal getup, and they would hope that you fuck up your normal getup punish because it's delayed by 10 frames, and then they'll get a reversal. And, I mean, like... That's not bad on them. Of course, you're going to take advantage of something yeah. like that if you play those characters because they were pretty trash in that game. So, like, you're bank, you're not 100 percent banking on that, but you, we take those, right? Like, whatever yeah. you can get, you're going to take. So, um, with with Gavin, like, he just wouldn't attempt to grab normal get up or whatever. Just let him back on stage, and it's like, okay, I have a corner pressure. I'm playing Cloud or whatever, right? Like, you just have to fight me, but in a really bad spot, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think like even thinking, understanding, I, I just really wanted to talk about it with the podcast because getting the Smash audience to like really understand that the, all like all these different categories, what they are, and how to like bring them into thought process to matchups, right? Like Luigi Fox is bad because Fox is like a reset esque character, and when you have a frame one out, that's a reversal. That's a problem for Fox. Luigi's biggest weakness is offstage, but Fox doesn't have that great of an edge guarding. So Luigi, all of a sudden, that weakness is, like, nullified almost, yes. right? Like, you can kind of do it, but, like, not really. And then, on top of that, like, Luigi just deals a bunch of damage to Fox on the reversal, right? So it's, like, now, when you look at that, that's... that's it's. I think Light says that he thinks Luigi's the worst matchup, but, like, it's definitely top three. It's, like, Pikachu, Game & Watch, uh, Luigi are... Fox is like fuck me matchups, right? So, and it's because when you look at the character's strengths and weaknesses, and you weave them together, and like you kind of like can play out what's going to happen, or like the risk reward in these different scenarios for the said characters, you can kind of see that. Now, obviously, you can't break everything down on paper. We are humans and stuff like that too, right? And you got to like also just have people play the meta out and stuff. But it's a really good way to be able to have insight on something. Like, no matter what, I can. Like, when I commentate, I'll always have insight on a matchup based off of, like, oh, okay, I know what general most, mo I, I generally know what every character in the game generally wants to do. So I can kind of guess, like, oh, well, like, we'll probably see this, we'll probably see that, like, I want to see this interaction, I want to see that interaction, right? And then we see it. And then, obviously, the more you see it, the more you can, like, understand it or whatnot. But, yeah, I think that's, that was a, that was a really good talk about, like, the different aspects right and we always harp on mobility i think mobility is yeah. probably one of the most talked about um stats in this game because in my opinion in the past and i still think it applies now mobility brings consistency to the table mm -hmm. the more mobile you are the more consistency you have it's just harder to execute it because you just have generally more options but i just i think as all these new smash games came out and stuff like that i think I think they've just done a really good job of balancing out mobility and frame data, right? They've equalized jump squats. They equalized, like, ending lag on all the laggy moves and stuff. Like, in previous Smash games, if you were slow and, like, you had laggy aerials, you're See fucked. Ya. You're <laughs> done. Like, you have to outplay your opponent to the, like, next dimension to win. Like, there was zero ten matchups in Brawl. I'm, like, not even trolling. Yeah. Like, you... Like, but there, I don't think there's anything like that in this game. So, yeah, I, I just think it's like really interesting because 
I don't know. Even for me, it, it, I think when I played the first year of Ultimate, it actually hurt me a lot with like my legacy knowledge. That's why I'm very impressed with some of the top player or a lot of the top players in Smash 4 that were able to transition to Ultimate and like still adapt to the newer game because it's like with Ultimate, I felt like sometimes I wish that I didn't know anything about the previous Smash games and it was just like, okay, boom, like I'm just coming in with a clean slate and I'm playing Ultimate kind of thing, right? So, yeah, I, I think that's just general topic I wanted to talk about, but if there's you guys have anything else you guys want to talk about or we can close things out? I think t- today was good. I'm down to close it out. Alright, let's let's hit Void with the raid. Yep. Oh, true, I forgot. <laughs> Yeah, thank you I for got, reminding me. Episode 38 is a wrap. Thank Woo. you, everyone, for watching. A uh, very fun episode. Uh, and si- say hi to Void for us. Chuck Nasty, man. I don't know, man. Maybe you'll see him, you'll see him at the next major. <laughs> not here to, not here today, though. <laughs> see y'all at Summit as well. Uh, Pokemon I'll be competing at Summit. What's up? Somebody said, what about the Pokemon list this weekend? Yeah, this weekend. I'm down. I'm down. Hell yeah. Pokemon episode. <laughs> I gotta actually re I wanna revamp my list. I wanna revamp my list. See everyone. Say out of void. Peace.